Hello, and welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Here you can find all of our weekly messages. We trust that God will speak to you today. Enjoy the message. Man, I'm so grateful to be here. I think it's a really big deal that you showed up this morning, and I think, I think God thinks it's a really big deal as well. And I uh, just want to welcome you to church. Really proud of you for making it out. Proud of you for getting the kids up and getting them dressed and combing their hair and making some breakfast and coming to church early. So grateful that you're here this morning. My name is Michael, if you don't know who I am. Uh, my wife and I, we are the East Campus Pastors. And uh, so grateful to be doing that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good Sunday. Shout out to uh, Pastor Mike. I want to honor Pastor Mike and Ashton. And for almost 10 incredible years serving as our lead pastors as a church. Can we make some noise and honor our lead pastors, Pastor Mike and Ashton? He called me last night. It was, I think he said it was 4 a.m. his time just to just to check on me and pray for me before I begin to preach. And he sends his greetings. He sends his love. He really, really loves you and just wants to say. Um, hello to you. So hello from Pastor Mike. And if you can catch him on Facebook or Instagram, be sure to wish him a happy birthday. And this is our last week at, at the movies. And uh, also it is the first Sunday of the month. And so it is party with the pastor Sunday. It's a really, really big deal. It's a really, really big deal. If you've never come to party with the pastor, join me and the team right afterwards. It's right in the back of the auditorium. I promise you it's only 15 minutes long. We'd love to share the story of the church with you and have an opportunity for you to meet the team and have any questions answered that you would like to. And if you're here at the East Campus, uh, we have a volunteer that made Colombian food in honor of the movie that we're about to watch. And uh, thank you, Warren, who serves at the East Campus. Really grateful for you. Without further ado, welcome to At The Movies Week 3. Turn your eyes to the screen. I love this movie. Honestly, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love the characters. I love the songs. I love the message if you've never seen it. Encanto is an incredible movie. And I also relate to it a little bit. Maybe you don't know this, but my wife is actually 100% Colombian. She's actually 100% Colombian, and this movie is filmed in Colombia, and so there's that, and uh, it's awesome. Some of you might even say that once I got married, I only drink Colombian coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, come on. That was a joke. Come on, laugh at the jokes. We can have fun in church. Let's go. And our kids are now 50-50, and so they're like Colombian with like cream. <laughs> it's like, it's like great. It's awesome because I'm white. <laughs> anyway, but I love the movie Encanto. I think it's really, really, in fact, when it first came out, uh, we were in Virginia at the time, and there's a picture. We brought all the Colombian family out, except for Liz and I. Is the picture on the screen right there? There it is, right there. It's kind of a little bit blurry, but uh, there we are, the Colombian. We saw Encanto together. It's just a family. We've watched it 10,000 times. I like Louisa. I think Louisa is great, but it, it, as strong as Louisa is, She's under an enormous amount of pressure. Everybody say pressure. And Jesus says this. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trials, you have discouragement, you have tribulations, but take heart because I have overcome the world. What Jesus is saying is you will experience pressure. You'd experience pressure. In fact, I believe that as you become a Christian, 
As you give your life to the Lord, that the pressure doesn't diminish, but the pressure actually goes up, especially if you're doing anything of significance for God. Because once you begin to do things that are significant for the kingdom of God, the enemy begins to attack you. He begins to disrupt your life. He begins to impress pressure upon you. And I don't know about you, but I want to walk so closely with God that when I wake up in the morning, the enemy begins to feel pressure. Oh, come on, somebody. I want to walk so closely to the Lord that when I wake up in the morning, they say, we got to deal with him again another, uh, another day. He's alive. Well, come on. I want, to, I want to hear the voice of God so clearly that I want the enemy, I want the hairs on the enemy's arm to stick up every single time I wake up. But it's not what I can do. It's only what God can do through me. I want the enemy to feel pressure when you wake up. I want you to be so ingrained in the spirit, walking so closely with God that the, the moment that you wake up and you open your eyes, the demons in hell say, oh, again? Are, are you serious? We've got to deal with her again? Pressure. David says this in Psalms chapter 54. He says this, for strangers are attacking me. Violent people are trying to kill me. They care nothing for God. David's under a lot of pressure. People are trying to kill him. I don't know if people are trying to kill you today. If, if they are, then safety team, be on the watch out. But let, I don't know what's happening in your life today, but I promise you this. You're probably experiencing some, say, let's say it together, one, two, three, pressure. Probably experiencing some, There are three different types of pressure that Louisa is facing. The first is she's experiencing the pressure of pride. She's proud of her gift. She's proud of her gift and has put the gift on the pedestal and has exalted the gift and not the gift giver. And the world is, we live in a world that's proud of pride. It's all about how much I can do, how much real estate I own, how many followers on social media I have, what I've been able to accomplish, and the world exalts pride. we got a whole month dedicated to pride. The world loves pride, but here's what God says about pride in James chapter 4, verse 6. It says this. Listen. It says, God opposes the proud. Wow. It says, wow, we live in a world where proud is, pride is looked uh, smiled upon, but listen, it says God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. <laughs> I don't want to be on the opposite team of God. Ooh, that's not, a, that's not the right team for me. I want to be on the same team as God, but when I'm proud, I'm coming against, I'm opposed. Pride brings opposition, but humility brings favor. Come on, anybody want favor? in your workspace, in your family, in your parenting, with your friendships, at the car lot. Come on, I want favor all day long. It says that humility brings favor, but Louisa is struggling with pride. Look, quick survey, we're just gonna do this real quick. Every, everybody must participate. You gotta be honest. You're gonna be honest, say yes. Say, so I'm gonna be honest. Raise your hand if you've ever struggled with pride before just raise it real quick raise it up real quick okay let me just say something if you if you're not currently raising your hand let me just expose that you are currently struggling with pride okay let's just gonna get that out in the open okay you're like oh maybe i should have raised my okay look, we're doing it one more time if you if you struggle with pride more than once in your life raise your hand why why is it that we can't just struggle with it once and then be done with it because we constantly attack the fruit of pride, but we always neglect the root of pride. And the root of all pride, catch this, is insecurity. If you're looking at a prideful person, you're looking at an insecure person. You're not secure in the fact that you are a son or a daughter of Jesus, and so what do you do? 
you constantly try to prove yourself to men when you're insecure about your relationship with your father. When you don't know who you are in Christ, you feel the need to prove. You feel the need to perform. I'm going to give you five five different things real, real quick, five different areas that you might be struggling in your life that are indications that you're currently struggling with pride. The first one is this, is you care more about the outside than you do on the inside. You look in the mirror more than you're looking in the Bible. Husbands, this is not a good time to elbow your spouse. That was just an example, but listen to this. You care more about your outside appearance than you do about what's in your heart. You wake up in the morning caring about all the outside things and you neglect the condition of your heart. And Jesus warns us about this. In fact, he's actually talking to the Pharisees uh, in Matthew chapter 23. He says this, outwardly you look like righteous people. You look good on the outside. You come to church all dressed up, your hair is combed. Outwardly you look good, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Let me, let me just say this right now. Jesus cares significantly more about what's happening in your heart than what you look like. <laughs> but you, should, you, should you comb your hair? Yes, please comb your hair. Please clean the Cheetos out of your chest hair in the morning like Pastor Mike says. Listen, clean yourself up. But you should not care about the outside more than you care about the inside. Here's the second indication that you might be struggling with pride. You interrupt people. You interrupt people. Why is that pride? Because you're so concerned with what you have to say that you can't wait until somebody else finishes it. I promise you if you remember anything, you'll remember this point for the rest of your life. And every single time someone else interrupts, you're going to be like, oh, pride. But listen, this is not to identify the speck in someone else's eye. This is to help you identify the plank in your own. Are you interrupting people? When you have conversations with others, are you doing 90% of the talking or are you, are you genuinely interested in somebody else's life? My friend Joseph over here, one of the, the best looking guys on this side of this, I mean, you're all good, but there's Joseph over here. Listen, Joseph is humble and, and I'll tell you why he's humble because every time I hang out with Joseph, he's always inquiring about my life. He's not talking about himself. He's not talking about, oh, I did this. And I did that. He's, he asked me the last time I hung out, he's like, Michael, how many siblings do you have? How did you get called into ministry? Listen, are you genuinely interested in people's life? Or are you consistently interrupting people because your voice is more important than theirs? The third thing is this. You might be struggling with pride if, um, you, might be struggling with pride if you gossip. People who gossip. Why, why is that pride? Because you want to bring others down so that you can lift yourself up. Anytime you gossip, what you're doing is, I'm insecure. You're insecure in the fact that you're not a son or not, you haven't come to that full reality of who you are in Christ. So you gossip about other people to push them down and to exalt yourself. And James 4, again, says that God opposes you when you do that. Anytime you gossip, anytime you're talking behind someone's back, I'll tell you a secret. I like to talk good about people behind their back. I like to talk good about people behind their back. So when someone comes up to me and they're like, did you hear about Bob? I'm like, the first thing out of my mouth is, man, I love Bob. Isn't Bob great? Every time I'm around Bob, he's so encouraging. He's so fun to be around. He's really good at ping pong, all of the things, right? If you talk good about people behind their back, it'll always come back around to you. People will start to respect you. People will start to see you as an encourager and an uplifter of people. But if all you do is tear people down, you're full of pride. And God says he'll oppose you for that. Are you gossiping? Are you, are, you, are you talking about people behind their back? Are you texting about when you go over to 
to your friend's house from church? Are you just talking? Are you talking about people? Is that, is that your entertainment? Stop talking good about people. I promise you, they'll notice. And then the last one is this. You might be struggling with pride if uh, you're quick to share your own accolades. You're quick to share your own accomplishments. You're quick to share your own achievements. Whenever you introduce yourself, are you quick to share what you've done? Are you quick to share what you've accomplished? I love when people come up to me for the very first time and they're like, hey, Pastor Michael, just want to introduce myself. I'm a prophet. I want to look them back in the face and say, I knew you were going to say that because so am I. <laughs> I don't say that. I'm not a prophet. I don't claim to be. But listen, are you quick to share what you've done? Are you quick to exalt yourself? Again, are you interested in other people? Are you, are you just talking about yourself? Are you just talking about the stories and the things that you've done and the achievements and your business and your gifting and your ministry? Are you so quick? Why? Because you're prideful, because you're insecure. Here's a quick tip for, for anyone. This has changed my life. Replace the words. Check this out. You're going to want to write this down. This is so tweetable. Too. I don't know if they use Twitter still. I don't use it. But listen, replace the words, I know with your right. Let that sink in for a sec. Replace the words, I know with your right. Next time your boss tells you something, instead of saying, I know, say, you're right. You're right. Next time you're, this is, I'm going to save someone's marriage this morning. Next time your spouse says, and you want to say, I know, you're right, babe. You're right. You're right. It means the same thing. Think about that. It means the same thing. But one gives glory to you. One appreciates somebody else. Replace the words, I know, with your right. If you're still with me, say yeah. The second pressure that Louisa is experiencing is the pressure to perform. Everybody say perform. We do this a lot as Christians. We try to perform our way into a relationship with God. We try to perform our way into heaven. Uh, you can't do either of them, and I'll back up them, both of them, biblically in a second. But uh, God is not concerned. I appreciate it, but God is not concerned with how many times you say amen on a Sunday morning. <laughs> amen. He's not counting. He's not keeping track. 11 record, new record for her this morning. He's not keeping track. He's not keeping track of how long you have your hands lifted on a Sunday morning. 18.5, new record, let's go. Shoulders are on fire, but I'm keeping the spirit fingers. No, 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 he's not concerned about that. You can't perform your way into heaven. You can't perform your way into a closer relationship with God. I promise you this, even if you serve seven times on a we don't even have seven experiences. Even if you find a way to serve on seven different teams, seven, there's nothing that you can do. It's pleasing to God, and we're going to talk about that in a sec, how to please God, but you can't perform your way into a relationship with God, and you definitely can't perform your way into heaven. There was a time in my life, can I tell a story real quick? There's a time in my life where I thought I could perform my way into closer standing with God. You see, I, I grew up a pastor's kid, born in the baptismal tank, all the things. And, and that was a joke. In Bellevue, Nebraska, my dad was an associate pastor. We were experiencing great revival at the time. This is when we had Sunday night church. Oh, y'all don't know nothing about Sunday night church. They whip out the flags on Sunday night church. They do the dances on Sunday. Come on, anyone know anything about Sunday night church? It was lit on Sunday. Sunday morning was for the non-believer. Sunday night was for the crazies. <laughs> okay, that's what Sunday night was for. It's for the radicals. And, uh, you know, all the flags and jumping and down and everyone has a word in prophecy, all the things. <laughs> and so at the time, and I could tell a long story about this, but for the sake of time, we were experiencing a revival. 
a genuine revival. I was six or seven at the time. I mean, demons were coming out of people left and right. People being called into ministry, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues for the very first time. All the things. It was crazy. And sometimes people would be slain in the spirit. Now, this is a coin that man has. This is a term that man has coined, but I'll, I'll explain it briefly like this. And if you'd like a further explanation, come find me after service. But being slain in the spirit is when the glory of the Lord falls upon you so heavily that sometimes you just can't, you can't stand up and so you fall. And what I noticed at six or seven years old is that every single time someone was slain in the spirit, they get a blanket. I don't know why they got the blanket. They got a blanket. It was called, now I realized later on in life, is a courtesy blanket because females would wear skirts at the time when they fall over. And so they put the, but I wanted the, I wasn't wearing a skirt, but I wanted the blanket. Okay. Let me just clarify that real quick. No skirts, just wanted the blanket. I wanted the blanket so bad and, and, and I wanted the blanket so bad. And I also wanted to perform my way and let others know, look at me. God has slain me in the spirit. So I'm six or seven years old, and the preacher comes, and he's like, hey, if you want to come down to the altar to receive prayer, and I'm like, boom, that's me. And the moment he touches my head, I'm like, you know, like a little baby giraffe, I fall over, right? I fall over, and I'm laying on the ground for like 30 minutes, and I'm looking around like, I'm going to be slain in the spirit way longer than you're going to be slain in the spirit. Like, you better get up, Sister Ethel, because I'm going to beat you tonight, you know? (laughs) Slain the spirit. (laughs) On... (laughs) I don't know where that came from. I'm slaying the spirit on performance-driven slaying the spirit. Not, not legitimate slaying the spirit, performance-driven slaying the spirit. I'm slaying the spirit. And when I finally wake up, I also notice that when people were slaying the spirit, they couldn't walk for sometimes, they were like, yeah, like baby drafts, like their legs wouldn't work or something. So I would perform. And after I was slaying the spirit, I was walking around like this for an hour, like, hey, brother. Yeah, I went down hard. <laughs> yeah, how long were you down? 45 for me. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I was slaying the spirit for a long, I got two blankets, you know, no skirt, you know, and I was slaying the spirit and I was pretending. I was pretending. You can't, you can't pretend your way into a relationship with God. God is not trying to anoint the fake version of you. He can only anoint the real version of you. Stop pretending to be someone else. Stop pretending to be someone that you see on social media. He's not interested in who you pretend to be. He's interested, you have a destiny that God created you specifically for that no one else can fulfill. But when you try to be someone else, you try to perform your way to do something, God's like, I'm not interested in the fake version of you. You can't perform your way to heaven. Y'all still with me? Say yeah. Romans 10.9 says this. In reference to heaven, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's by faith that you're saved. Yet I see Facebook posts all the time. God is coming down for those who do good deeds. God is watching your deeds. Unfollow. (laughs) Unfollow. It's It's not about deeds. Now, faith without works is dead, but... It's faith and faith alone that gets you into heaven. And if you have faith that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you can walk out of here at all of our campuses with assurance that I'm in right standing with God. Come on, if you believe that, if you're thankful for that, give God some praise this morning. It's by faith alone. It's by faith alone. Point number three is this. Point number three is this. We're moving right along. I'm excited about party with the pastor. I drank seven cups of coffee this morning. I'm just kidding. Louisa, Louisa, <laughs> Louisa was struggling with pressure to please. Everybody say to please. 
She's struggling with pressure to please. How many of you have ever been in that same boat or that same season? Come on, all the honest people. Do you not make me take another survey where I call you out again? We've all been in there where we've been in seasons of our life where it's about pleasing others. In the seasons of your life where it's all about pleasing others, significantly enough, those are the most selfish seasons of your life. When you're concerned about pleasing others, what you're really saying is, I long for the affirmation from men. And your roots aren't found in the kingdom. Your roots are found in the surface level. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is on a 40-day fast. I don't know if you've read the story before. He's on a 40-day fast and like the first ever intermittent faster. He started the trend, all the things. In a 40-day fast, says that Satan comes up to him to tempt him. Satan looks at Jesus and says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. I don't know if you've read the story before. Go look it up, Luke chapter 4. And instead of Jesus saying, am too the son of God, I am the son of God. How dare you say I'm not the son of God? Why would you ever accuse me of being anything less than the son of God? Satan says, if you are, if you are the son of God, do this. Perform this. Please me. And instead of arguing, Jesus is like, man does not live on bread alone. He doesn't even say, I am Jesus. He's so secure in his identity with, Jesus, with, with, with the Father. He knows who he is. Do you know who you are this morning? That's the question. Do you know who you are? You're a son. God, God made you. He's pleased with you. You're a daughter. God created you. But if, if you don't get that, you'll be looking for affirmation from men and not from Jesus. You'll be looking for compliments. You'll be looking for thank yous. When you serve on a Sunday morning, you'll grow resentful if somebody doesn't thank you for serving on a Sunday morning. It's not about that. You're not looking for affirmation from men. Are you looking for the applause? Are you looking for the thank you? Are you looking for the compliments? Or are you doing that for the Lord? There's a, there's a, a it's, it's slight, but it's huge. The difference between pleasing people and serving people. Because in, in no way, shape, or form am I advocating a self-love, self-pleasing, self-care, all about me, me, me type of lifestyle. I feel like that's very contrary to, to scripture. In fact, scripture will say, and I'll prove it in a moment, that actually once we have been made free and come to the realization that we're free, uh, we're supposed to serve others. But let me explain the difference. There's a difference between pleasing others and serving others. And sometimes it looks the same, but the intention is totally different. It comes down to one word. It comes down to the praise. If you're, if you're pleasing others, you're seeking the praise. If you're serving others, you're seeking to give the Lord the praise. 
If you currently serve in this church at any of our campuses, and I'm going to tell you how to if you're not right now, but if you currently serve in our church at any campuses and you, and you step foot on the campus and you're just like, man, I, I just hope that someone notices me. I hope that this is a stepping stool to become a, a team captain. I hope that I get compliments. I hope that I do a good job today. Are you really serving God or are you pleasing yourself? You got to change your mindset when you come in. It's not about me. It's not about me. And if it is about me, I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Here, here, here's what I want to point out today. I want to read two verses. Galatians 1.10 says this. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. And then Galatians 13, 1.13 says this. You, someone say me. My brothers and sisters, we're called to be free. Say free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly. Humbly. There's that word humbly again, found in James chapter 4. Humbly. In love. In love. I think that people don't serve. I'm not just talking about Sunday morning, but I am. But I'm also talking about Monday. I'm talking about with your spouse. I'm talking about Tuesday at your workplace. I'm talking about your neighbors, the old lady that lives in your neighborhood. Yada. I'm talking about serving in general. But the reason why people don't serve here at this house is because they don't fully understand what Christ has done for them. So they're, they're continuing to indulge in the flesh. Once you realize that Christ has made you free, <laughs> oh, glory to God, who has made me free, who washed my sins white as snow, who redeemed the years the locust stole from my life. Once you realize that you're free, serving's not an obligation, it's a celebration. It's a celebration. When it's, when it's an obligation, uh, you're scared of how many diapers you have to change in the Pixels room on Sunday morning. <laughs> when it's an obligation, you're like, another one, you know? When it's at a celebration, you're like, 13, new record. I get to serve today. Give God some praise. When it's, a, it's a celebration. I get to stand in the parking lot today. Man, I'm so grateful that God has made me free. Man, I get to serve at the next steps table. I get to help welcome people to the church. Man, what an honor. What a, I get to lead people into worship. What an honor. I'm celebrating the fact that it's not by me. It's by Christ. He's made me free. I'm going to use that freedom to serve to serve listen if you're convicted this morning I don't know maybe you should be and maybe you'll go to focus.church slash next and sign up next week to our serve 101 class we believe that God has a destiny for your life we believe that a lot of the times that destiny comes in through serving the local church so start to serve focus.church slash next sign up for serve 101 next week we'd love to have you we'd love to help you serve one more question. How do you please God? How do you please God? We need to ask that, ourselves that question. How do I please God? Because it's very possible and I want to give you the solution and every single one of you can do it. You ready? Nobody wants to please God. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What's the reverse of that? With faith, hmm, with faith, 
it's possible to please God. How do you get faith? <laughs> how do you get it? How do you get it? You get it by showing up to church. You get it by eating healthy foods. You get it by talking in a life group. How do you get faith? Anything that is ever spoken from a pulpit should be backed up biblically. And here's what it says. Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith, someone say faith, comes from hearing. And hearing the word of Christ. Just hear me real quick before we close. You want to please God? You want to stop performing? You want to snuff the pride in your life? Eventually, you're going to have to start reading this book. You're going to have to start reading it. Maybe you've neglected it. Maybe you've never understood. You're going to have to start reading it. And when you open it, you're going to have to make up in your mind, I'm, I'm going I'm to believe everything in this, even the maps in the back. I'm going to believe the tough parts. I'm going to believe Romans chapter 1. I'm going to believe Malachi chapter 3. I'm going to believe the tough pills to swallow because it's by, it's, it's, it's by reading the word that you get faith. And when you have faith, you can please God. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. It's alive and active. It's encouraging and convicting. We thank you for it. I pray that you'd bless my friends in this place at all of our campuses this morning. Help us to indulge in your word that we might have faith, that we might please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we clap our hands for Jesus this morning? Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. This ministry is made possible because of the generosity of many people like you. To partner with us, you can click the link in our description or visit gifttofocus.com. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe now and share it with a friend. For more inspirational content, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash focus church. Join us next week for another incredible message.